0: You're listening to an Anna Ministries podcast. All right, everybody,
1: it is finally that time. We have been walking through beat for beat the Narnia series, and it is finally that time to cover a climactic ending of this wonderful, wonderful story that we have been covering. Welcome back, guys, to Systematic Ecology. We are your hosts. I am Joe, and for this final endeavor into Narnia, I'm joined by Will. How are we doing?
0: I'm doing great, and I'm I'm glad to get to this, the the end game, if you will, of the Narnia series. (laughs) Joe's probably rolling his eyes at me for that analogy. Here we go. The end game. We're pulling it all in. All stops. It's the final. There's been a snap, and it's time to time time to correct all things. Um, and here, here we go. I'm ready for the last battle. So,
1: this is a story. You know, it's funny. I, I last episode we talked about kind of our introduction points into Narnia, and that that time where we were taken into this world in a more concentrated way and all of that. And, you know, kind of going through in an immersive sense through the Narniad and you get to this last point, And for me, I hadn't had it spoiled. I did not know how mm. this story ended, but I was curious how they We're going to obviously, if Aslan's country is heaven, then how is everybody getting to heaven? Sort of thing is is you know the thought you have going into this, and Mm -hmm. I had no idea how they were going to square that circle. And so, this is a story that kind of has two parts to it, right? Like this is really the a version of what we see in you know, cinematic storytelling where you kind of have your main plot and then here's this piece towards the end that really gives resolution to the greater story that's been at play. Mm-hmm. And so we'll get to that. But before we get there, we start to see the um, the unfolding of the end of Narnia. And I have long said that, what we need is somebody with enough zeros willing to put enough zeros at the end of the bill to really do justice to the creation of Narnia and the mm. end of Narnia. Because yeah. the way C.S. Lewis writes these scenes is just so – like, if if you can make somebody who isn't given – to being very vivid in painting the picture with their mind, the ability to do that—you've done something really special there. And I think in both examples, we see beyond just there was a flash of light and everything was created in the the magnitude. <laughs> it's actually active. It's actually there's there's things actually at place or like going on at that that tell that point to the you know the story as a whole not just trying to paint the physical picture of create the creation or destruction of this
0: world yeah yeah and man you you got me thinking and a kind of light bulb went off it's like even in genesis you know there there's there's chaotic waters and let there's order being created but then everything starts to build on top of one another that's that's what i have a problem with with like you know, the, the theory and scientific view of evolution, that one builds upon the other and affects the other and things are set in motion, but they're all related and entangled and build upon one another. It's active. It's, um, it's not stagnant. It's, there is, it's a living organism that's being brought uh, and created into existence. And so uh, with the beginning of, of Narnia, there's that kind of same um, action uh, an animation that's coming about and then the, the same and with the final story, the last battle, uh, the same thing is happening. They're all interconnected and one decision that's being led or an idea or germ of an idea <laughs> is leading to the ultimate destruction or down the road. Oh, it'd be kind of cool to just kind of pretend we're Aslan uh, or, or whether and to see all that kind of unfold on itself, that how interrelated, and interconnected everything is that we're relational beings and we're in a relational world.
1: Right, and I think that that's you know I've I have long said that the Left Behind series was some of the most damaging literature to um, scientific thought that has come Mm. out in the last thirty years, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know you you look at something like this, and it it flies in the face of that style of and and I point that out that style out because that's very popular in. Christian media that's trying to present the end of the world or end times or revelation or the Americanized version of what we think revelation, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It, it all kind of paints the antichrist figure in the same kind of light. It all kind of points God in the same kind of light. It's all very the same in that particular regard. And this is so different that it's a refreshing to somebody who has been exposed to that, style of end time storytelling and somebody that I don't, I don't think of the, the uh, eschatology in pop media terms. I just, uh, I've, I have a very orthodox driven thought process on that. So to me, this, I, I really appreciate that series of events approach that Lewis takes that it's not so much about this one particular, you know, uh evil all-consuming thing. It's the choices that were manipulated into happening that led to this much bigger thing that ended up, you know, in what it did. You know, and, and I think that, that that way of presenting story beats that that are while they're rife for being used as uh as as building blocks to tell to tell a narrative they're also subject to uh varying degrees of creative license because we there's still so much that we don't know about the source material that this is reflecting the truth of you know what i mean that that we we still there, it's we've got to draw that line of like you know where wh- what all of that you know how far we take the analogy, but also like there's there is approach to the storytelling here that uh, I th- I think really shines some cool light on the discussion as a whole when you consider the bigger, how the bigger pieces fit together. I think we get lost in the minutia of what this looks like and not like the ultimate endgame of it all and all of where it's building towards and all of that kind of stuff. I think we lose perspective a lot of the time when we talk about, End of the world, or for those that are that that are familiar with the vocabulary, because I'll probably pepper it in along the way. Not thinking about it, eschatology—it's the study of end times, essentially. So, it's this. This, I think, um, you know, is a story that so much is happening, and all of it's relevant. You know, there's so many moving pieces for all of the different pockets of Narnia that seem like you can you can read them almost in isolated pockets. And they're not necessarily interconnected with one another because Lewis takes such a and then this extended period of time took place and kind of approach to advancing the storyline for Narnia. That that they're kind of pocketed in certain regards until you get to this moment of seeing the characters overlap and interact with one another and all of that, that you really are seeing that, you know, in, in a modern sense, especially for those of us in geek culture, you're right. Probably the most reachable reference point would be something like an endgame, but... <laughs> this is a this is a universe that is that that didn't have to have the level of detail that it did because there wasn't the same kind of inter- fa- immediate fan interaction back when this were being written this is just based off of the, story, the 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 talent of the storyteller to weave everything together in the way that he do, that that he does as we see this you know th- this continued downfall this you know um edging closer closer especially as we see the reintroduction of Tash and you know yeah. that that more you know we we start to see the beast and and these different beats un, unfold in a way that is building it it builds tension it builds it builds weight in as we move into the ultimate reconciliation of you know Aslan getting involved and so on and so forth you know when we look at something like this and we look at something like like the gospel truth that it's based off of we i think sometimes the danger is that we lose sight of the authentic Jesus of it all and i think that that's part of what um breaks my heart the most about the way that we interact with Jesus in a multimedia sort of sense sometimes that that we have it has lent to this idea of building out a fabric version of the real thing and that fabric version has a way of having ripple effects of hurting people and so on and so forth and so on and i think with as as we as we process even illustrations of the concept allowing for the opportunities to take place to to breathe a more weighted version of all of this really stands to be a beautiful like to, it's a beautiful impact you know what i mean like it initiates thought processes like that and i think that that's, that approaching approaching uh scripture in general with that is that those are the same muscles i would it would seem like you know what i mean
0: yeah and i as you're talking about um you know eschatology um eschaton yeah it's is that greek word that means the last and and so, the the last battle, the end, the eschaton. When we think about the end of the world, we humans were enabled. Uh, the big questions around that humans have always asked is is where we come from, where are we going, where are we headed? <laughs> and so, origin stories, and then and then the final battle, the the, the last days, whether it's uh, Ragnarok or whether it's. Book of Revelation, or whatever, we've always been obsessed with with how are things going to end and, and what does the end look like, um, and so so yeah, it, there's this build to to a final battle, a final story, and chapter four it was so beautiful with with the last battle. With C.S. Lewis, it's, he's he's nuancing other religions, other cultures, other beliefs. That then eventually point to a greater story, and we'll get to the the final paragraph, the last things he says of the whole series. But there's no, yeah. In terms of numbering this book, it's number seven, and he wrote it last. And it's always there's no prequel, there's no reordering. This is always stand. All the other books kind of fall in different numbers and kind of legacy numbering, but this one's always been number seven, and the last one that he, he's not doing, telling any more story after this. This is it, um, and. And what I like about this story is usually the other stories you have some people from the outside world being drawn into Narnia by some magical, uh, fanciful way, fanciful way. But this one starts right off, boom, right in Narnia. And and then people are pulled in later on in the book. So you start off with a donkey and an ape. And and it's been a long time. And uh, they're trying to figure out their place in Narnia. And that's where the story builds. It starts simply with just an ape and a donkey in Narnia. And then you build from right. there. Um, and then you get the epic conclusion that then points to the greater truth, as you said, to where our story is headed uh, the human story, uh, our universe, our faith, where that leads to. Right.
1: I think this is a prime example. While it's, while it's more overtly stated, in the silver chair i can i can ap- appreciate something that at its base level says that 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 this world is complicated mm. that it's going to stay complicated up until the end and it doesn't need to be not complicated in order for the hope to work right. and that is the thing that's conveyed at a base level in this story and so it's just and it's funny because the when I, the first time that I started listening to it, it is such a departure from where you left off in the silver chair that i th- I thought for a second that i um I missed something like I like i uh, I skipped ahead or like the right. audiobook that I was listening to was incomplete sort of thing because it again, like I said before, you know, Lewis writes in a way that he's not afraid to say, and then this long stretch of time happened. And now we're on to this generation of, of people, but Mm -hmm. do so in a way that allows for it. It it doesn't feel like a cop-out or like filler or, or artificially inflating the scale and scope of the world. It, it shares the same kind of technique with something like star Wars that in the original three, um, I'm Regardless of of anything of of any other misgivings, <clears throat> I would say that only the original three were really able to make you feel like the world that they were building. This was happening in one specific spot in a gigantic world, and there were or, or uh, galaxy, and you know there were parts that were uncharted, and this is just the goings on of this section, and. Uh, it, it made it feel like the presentation of the overall was really grand in scale i feel that way about star trek as well i feel that way about a, a lot of the ips that i that i love the most have that same kind of commonality to them and this the way the way he draws everybody in and then allows for that to build towards okay so you're so this is everything that's going on but why it was everybody together? And you keep <laughs> asking that question, and you're like, "It's funny because I, you know, with my skeptical, you know, at this point, 2019 brain, I'm like, you know, they're, you know, I, I you know, how do you get everybody in one place at one time? Well, spoilers, if if, if the illustration is that Narnia is heaven." Well, that would that (laughs) would imply that they are all, in fact, unalived all at one time. Just kill off everybody except for one. All right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Choices were made. But in that kind of scenario to see and be present for the end of the Narnian age and you see and, and, and the son of Adam being present. For the other side of the coin, as a son of Adam was present for the creation of Narnia, that just the 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 full circle way you don't. I'm not sure you get there any other way. I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we it's easy to armchair quarterback, and we've we've seen it the way that we see it. But like, that's especially as you see the chapter close of. Narnia and they go to Aslan's country and they go to that like where everything is truly real and all of that and yeah that's that's the the gimmick but also again unafraid to tell a very human story we have included in that the story of Susan.
0: Yeah, yeah that's interesting that that in there is like there there are some C.S. Lewis knows um that or you know, in terms of his own relationships and his own story of coming to faith and or or disbelief and uh, times of doubt, um, that that there are those who who believe and don't, and those who will be a part of the story, or or at the end will say, "I don't want to be a part of that story." And um, and I think his ideas of of hell is is that of like the the doors are locked from the inside, That it's not God shutting you in and punishing, but God saying, "I'm inviting you to be a part of this thing, but I'm not going to force you." If you slam the door in my face and say, I don't want any part of that, then then God says your will be done. Um, and so that's that's kind of that that aspect of what's going on with Susan there in the midst of the family. And so, yeah, it takes a little little darker turn there at the end. You're like, oh, no. Uh, but he understands in that dynamic of relationships and family that, that there are some who don't want any part of the story. And um, that's always been the case and, and it always will be. Right.
1: And, you know, I, I am a stickler for, or not a stickler, I'm a softie for shared continuity and all of those kinds of things. Like, I, I really do love the the calls, the, the callbacks and the references and the crossovers and all of that kind of stuff. It's that same thing that um, any comic book fan really... F- you know, enjoys about comic book storytelling. Every once in a while, you right. get a good book of just somebody who's standalone, but most of these stories are part of a bigger universe. And, right. you know, that you, where you see characters interact with one another and what one does to one affects somebody else and all of those kinds of things. And with with this, calling in everybody together and understanding that in the same kind of way we are all called together hobbling together to tr- to try and to try and, and lift each other up enough to be able to string together you know enough to follow Jesus you know what i mean to fo- to, to follow him and to uh, and to help each other do that and all, all along the way you know stumbling and falling and and all of that kind of stuff you you understand like to, to to understand the idea that whether you are you are are the 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 saint being told you know, well done good and faithful servant as you as you finish a race, or you are the person who was who who willfully willfully unrepentant the whole time, you will find success in the here beyond. You know, and that's I that's one way that that Lewis puts it of. You know the people, the residents of hell, are successful rebels to the end. Mm. Um, I, and and I have to be, I, I I have to 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 be inclined to to agree with that, with that mode of thinking, because I take that free will option pretty far down the field, and that's yeah. why love is so important, because we all have free will to choose or reject God, and if we understand that that God's God's intention, God's will is that no man shall perish, right? that's that's that idea that's why you know everything is is laid out the way that it is in the commandments that we have and all of those kinds of things that's where it all is building from and when when we understand that and you couple that with this idea of of active participation and then the gift of and 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 you see all of those pieces come you know be in in place it's it's a it's it's a um uh, if if you know the parameters of truth and you know the rules of engagement consuming something like this draws out some pretty interesting things because, because you do ask questions of, okay, so what does, what does the end actually look like? Is there this, is this literal? Is that, and whatever, ask questions. I'm cool. Like that, (laughs) that part of it, that that part of it's fine. It's, it's when any of these pre post mid this, that, the other, like that, that part of it is the, is the bridge too far. Like, yes, let's, let's rejoice in the fact that in, in the here and now we have the kingdom, that has come and then in the not here and not now we have the kingdom that has not yet come and there's there's beauty to be had in this all of that kind of stuff great wonderful it's it's trying to get so obsessed with how we get from point we stop worrying about that part of it then suddenly what you have here is a really interesting take on it because you see it's more of that gradual progression it's not just you know evil generic bad guy number five comes to power and suddenly everybody's screwed and it's all bad and then suddenly you've got the returning hero like no there's more character beats than that the characters here are are come off the screen a little bit more come off the page a little bit more you know what i mean
0: yeah and yeah and i'll I'll share you know kind of I'll, I'll show my hand a little bit like i i definitely lean into the part of scripture that you know where it says uh, as as an adam all die in christ all live so my hope is like that there's there's universal salvation there's the, the, even hell's annihilated at the end. But I also understand that there's the dynamic of mystery in scripture that there are those who reject. <laughs> so, so my hope is like, yeah, I, there's that. Just like the passage, um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And yet it is God who is at work in you. Well, what is it? Do I need to work hard or is God to work in me? And it's both, you know, it's like, okay. So, so I, I, to wrestle with that nuance of, of mystery yeah. and, and, is there and they occupy the same room and how they do that i'm i'm not quite sure even even within particle physics inside there's two they they'll say like man there's two things that seem complete opposite but are are yet true um so so i think that and what cs lewis is doing I have to remember that he's yeah he's not uh, a modern-day American writing a story about Revelation. He's he's a a British uh, veteran of world war <laughs> of the World War, who who's writing and studying Scripture and, and writes a story for children about how in the end um, Aslan wins and and love wins and and how we're brought into that. So yeah, I think again these stories. Are in his books are lifting up and trying to get to the theological nuance of of where our faith is heading, and and why and how we live our lives and practice our faith matters along the way, um, and 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 that makes a difference. That eternity doesn't begin when we die; it begins now. So heaven and hell begins now, and and we grow towards that reality here and now that's why our actions matter now it's just not one day whether you're going to heaven or hell or not it's like let's let's start that now and and that's of course it's it it takes the lead from jesus himself He said the kingdom of god is at hand now um so so where where that leads and so i again yeah this story uh, with all its characters and where narnia is in its history and time is is pointing to uh the the bigger questions and holding up the mirror of of what we wrestle with and, and what we think about where where we're headed and and what is playing out in our world and who we're listening to and who we're deceiving, and and what what we're chasing after in terms of attention or power or money, uh, those things, um, what's really important or not, um, which which again I've said it before you know this, this COVID tide has has been very apocalyptic not in a sense that there's. Robots or aliens or the Antichrist run around it's it's revealed to us you know help help show to us reveal to us what what we truly care about and what we long for and and I think we need to pay attention to that and what I love about these Narnia stories that they do they highlight and lift up through a different lens they help us see through a different lens deeper truths that that are there in a fantasy way so it's in a way it's disarming you know I'm not reading the book of revelation in a sense of trying to unsolved the mystery and code of of the eschaton it's um it's a book that disarms me and helps me lean into the fantasy of it all but also um confront the questions that are before me yeah
1: so you know it's as as we wrap up the the narnia the narniaad here and and as we see the final chapters of all of this it it intrigues me in the, in the style that, that Lewis decides to take with presenting it like different realities, you know, like, like different, almost Mm -hmm. like different dimensions, you know? And that I think it it interests me in the same way that like, you know, I've, I've said before and I'll say again, um, the, the biggest misunderstanding modern, modernly speaking about Christianity is that it is not a western religion it is an eastern religion and that affects a lot of things and that's what i mean when i say more of an orthodox view on things is like to to look at eastern orthodoxy um it, ca- it carries a lot more um acknowledgement of the spiritual aspects and components and things and such and you know there are When you get past having this compulsion to read into it, you know, this validates this particular point of view, or this is what I'm trying to read out of Revelation and what have you. When you get past that point, you can, you, and, and you allow that natural baggage to go away. Then what you're, what, what you have is just, it's, it, 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 it's something that allows for you to pay attention to much more significant matters than just exactly how it all how it all plays out and all of that and that that does have ripple effects and that does have implications and weight and all of those kinds of things so I think as as we see this capstone, we see that human choice matters we see that these ideas and these concepts are all bringing to, bringing being brought to their their moment of crescendo that gives a sense of 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 resolution to it all you know that's why i've never been the type you know not i my my exposure time to, to the Narnia ad is, is in comparison a lot shorter, but in the time that I have been a fan of Narnia, I have, I have very openly stated like, no, no, sometimes we need to let the universe be what it is and, and don't, don't add sequels or prequels or additional works or any, any of the stuff, let the world be what it is because it, it, that that's what it is you know what I mean
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and again we're not gonna big, do big spoilers but there that on the last page and like last paragraph there's there's something that says here it says um um all their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page I'm like what there's seven books I've only got through, but what he's, what he's pointing at is all our compared to eternity, our life now is very important. It matters. There's like a lot of good stuff, but there's more story to be told. Um, right. there's, there's more adventures to be had. And while this one comes to a close, uh, and, and that's why I preach appreciate funerals too. I'm like being baptized into the life, death and resurrection of Christ means, uh, that his story is our story. And so that means there's more story to be told. Yep. This death is real. It sucks. We grieve. Um, it hurts. Um, and this chapter has come to a close. Um, but there's more story to be told. There's another chapter. There's I mean, a whole other trilogy. There's a whole other book that goes on. And, and I even wrote, you know, 20-something Will wrote on, on the back right after the final period on this final book. I said, I can't wait for the day to read that great story. Come, Lord Jesus! Exclamation point. That's what I wrote <laughs> in the book. So, so like, um, yeah, and that, that's what these stories lead to. They, 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 they illumine uh, what we're longing for. And, again, yeah. oh, man. It's so good how I hope that Netflix doesn't with this movie series or whatever to fill in the gaps, doesn't start with the last battle. Surely they'll start with um, the magician's nephew and go from there. But, um, but yeah, that would be cool. I would love to have a magician's nephew that leads to the last, the last battle. um, Of course, if it's done right. And they're, and they're um, honest and true to the source material.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the hope, you know, and you know mixed mixed confidence as far as netflix being the ones i you know kind of hope that, or kind of wish that other that other a different production house had it than than netflix is but whatever i mean they're they've shown that they're unafraid to to spend money on on ips and and honestly the the storyteller part of my brain that just enjoys good geekdoms is like you know I, I look at that and man like there's been enough time separated from some of the some of its con- the some of the the um, interpretations of some of its contemporaries that mm-hmm. really the world is is their oyster to be able to jump in and make some of these some of these stories and take the time to tell the full and complete story. That's the right. one thing, you know, I am not a huge Harry Potter fan. I've got I think it's I uh, I I I have I just it's it's not my bag. But the one thing I will always give to the people who made the movies is they accepted that they were going to tell a story and that every movie wouldn't necessarily hit it out of the park and be the next huge blockbuster. And they they allowed for that you know that's a, that's a that's a technique that I would I would counsel Marvel to pay attention to because they're getting a little uh, convinced that every single thing needs to be the next box office sensation blockbuster billion dollar movie
0: chasing the, not- the dollar records Ch- chasing the records yeah
1: yeah and so you know if that that's my my hope is is that they they take that same they take that that approach that says, "Okay, we're just going to hammer these out. We're going to block off this period of years to tell the full and complete narrative, and we're going to hammer each one of these things out in a way that allows for you to grow with the same actors along the way." You know.
0: Yeah, and no, as you said, they they. Netflix did a good job with Sam I haven't seen it yet, but you have, but they, they did uh, supposedly they're saying they did a great job with the source material there. So maybe that can cross over um, to Narnia. And I don't want to derail last battle just a little bit uh, or or at all, but I, I am curious, Joe, I'm going to press you out of all seven books. What is your favorite book? Which one of the stories you're like, that's my, that's the one. They're all great. You love them all. One continuous story beginning to the end, but if you had to choose one book to take with you to an Island Uh, Where you're by yourself and you only have one book, which one would you take?
1: So, going into this, I would have answered Prince Caspian. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say the Silver Chair. I think that since going through the, you know, and refreshing myself again and all of that, especially how I've grown. As a Christian, as somebody in ministry, as like with what I believe and what my focus is and what my voice is and all of this, and how do I fit it into the tapestry of people that have calling to get involved and to, and to be boots on the ground and all of that kind of stuff. I I've I find myself the most intrigued with the points of the story that are emphasized in that book because... It speaks to the complexities of this world, and it speaks to the complexities of what it means to be a human trying to live out instruction from a great
0: other. Nice. Yeah, I think for me, I I don't know, something about The Voyage of the Don Treader, uh, even when I reread the the books or, or read through the series, that one just always stuck with me. Um, but, but yeah, as, as I read through this, I, I do love silver chair and maybe it's that kind of nostalgia. That's the book that my mom pulled off the, <laughs> the shelf of the church library and that cover got me, but, but I love the last bit. I love all of them. They all have their gifts, but yeah. voyage of dawn trader. I'm, I'm with you. The the silver chair. There's something about that one. That's, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. I, I you know, I, I think to varying degrees, I would look at, um, I would look at the Narnia ad to say, you know, I, I think I would hear an argument for anybody to say that any of these, for different reasons, could be somebody's favorite. Um, I I think that there there are some that are um more active than others and i think that this one you know the final battle is actually one of those that's a little less active than you would think except Mm -hmm. for towards the end once the end once once end game really begins and we (laughs) see the the series of events leading towards the conclusion and all of that kind of stuff that's where it starts to get active but you would think for the last battle that there would be more going on but no it's more about the people and that 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 you know degradation of the society sort of sort of thing than like you know this is where all of the action is taking place because this is the the end of the story
0: sort of thing yeah good stuff good stuff so
1: as we Wrap this up um, for a close. Let the people know what you have been um, geeking out on. What recommendations you've got?
0: Yeah, let's see um, what I, what I'm geeking out on. I, you know, I'll share uh, tomorrow as we're recording. It's my 50th birthday, so I'm turning the big five zero. So it's a big. I'm geeking out on reflecting on past decades of my life and how each decade had its own, you know, uh, growths and learning and stumbles and mistakes and redemption along the way. And I'm I'm thinking about this next chapter of my life, this next 50 years, hopefully, and and what that takes and, and, and just geeking out on life, man, geeking out on life and relationships. And, you know, I am super stoked and excited for all the, the, the shows and the comics and the stories that are coming up around the corner this fall with this weekend uh coming up we have Rings of Power, uh the debut on my birthday and I'm I'm excited to see what, what's gonna happen with all that. And I'm gonna take my um leave from T J and, and keep my expectations in check and just have fun with it. But um but yeah, it's it's a it's a new day. I get another zero at the end of my, my age and so let's let's rock this next decade. There you go.
1: Um I have been um geeking out on uh Samman. I I mentioned this in the the Silver Chair episode, but you know, uh, Neil Gaiman is is one of those storytellers that that changed the game in a lot of regards and and really um uh, has has a way of building out a universe that that is something special and so um and i think that netflix's attempt at at it was was dynamite and i think that that um is a really good companion piece for anybody who's into neil gaiman so i would definitely suggest that um and so that is that is a wrap on on this wonderful journey through the Narniad, um, it's been something special. You know, I, I've sat across from from uh, several different people along the way, but um, this, it, it, this has been a lot of fun to, to go back through and, and to recap, um, such a special story that has so much significance on literature as a whole. And I think serves as serves as something really cool to be able to show people that, that maybe have some questions about some things or are looking for something that's, you know, that, that, that's, that's, uh, off from truth, but truth—you know, truth-based and that kind of thing—I um, think that that's that, that this this fills a very specific spot in the the annals of of what is what is classic literature. Um, and you know, if you find yourself looking for even more C.S. Lewis-related content, more stuff on the Narniad, you can check out our um, variety of different bonuses and special things over at patreon.com slash systematic ecology. We've got movie reviews, we've got all sorts of bonuses over there um, that you can check out. And if you would like to learn more about us the hosts, you can head on over to systematicecology.org, head on over to the host tab. You can learn more about the variety of projects that we're involved in there. And remember that we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests.